Hello and welcome to episode number, I have no idea. Uh, it is 14. 14, episode number 14 of That's What People Do. We're making it to 20, we're making it. So last week you might have remembered, uh, Ryan spoke us through Boudicca. Oh yeah. And the hero terrorist that she was, however you want to look at it. Yeah, I'll be interested to know how you thought, or what what everyone's thoughts were on her, what you're thinking. Do you think she was bad? Do you think she was good? Do you think what she did was just or not? Um, I'd be really interested to think uh, to find out about that. So yeah, if you do want to let us know, let us know. Here's an interesting one, because I feel like this episode will also cause debate of whether what he did was just or not. Whoa. I'm joking. I'm completely joking. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was real or not. No, we're going we're gonna to get the humour out early, because the humour will die pretty pretty quickly on this one because we're going to be talking about Josef Mengele Josef also known as the angel of death who you did briefly allude to in uh, Vitor Piwetsky yeah. and uh, I think I'm Heinrich Hamler one uh, when we talked about uh, his mannerisms when people get off the train to Auschwitz yeah it all links so we have done a lot of Holocaust related ones um, I just find that period of history very interesting mm. and I think Mengele is one of the key players Arguably one of the most evil human beings to ever walk the earth. It's definitely up there. He's definitely like if there was, if there was a um, a playing card set of the ten biggest assholes in the world, he's definitely like in there. Yeah, for sure. Amongst the other fifty-two. Because the thing, the difference between Mengele and like Hitler and Himmler, Hitler and Himmler didn't get their hands dirty; they just ordered it. Mengele got his fucking hands dirty. He lived for this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get we'll get completely on about how he literally lived for it. He was a fucking psychopath. Anyway, Josef Mengele. He was born on the 16th of March, 1911, in a Bavarian town in Germany. Germany. So, standard Nazi birth, really. Also, we've said Bavaria already, yeah. which means staunchly conservative and religious. Yep, yeah. Aryan. And all that kind of jazz that goes along with the Nazis. There's a common theme, isn't there, with the Nazi like SS officers? Their births are always. Their parents are very strict. Mm. His mother uh, doted on him. Mm. She, he, Joseph Mengler, Joseph, sorry, was the first child of after three miscarriages. So his mother had three miscarriages, and then Mengler was born into the world. Damn. So um, like, she's gonna be. She's going to be all, like, very protective. His mother loved him more than she loved her husband. Damn. Like, he... Mengele was a m- proper little mummy's boy. Mm. And he was a quiet child whose main goal was to please his mother. Oh, okay. So so they had a yeah, really... Yeah, fair. They've got a very good relationship. They had a right? really interesting little bond. Um, Mengele, he was very average at school, which I think is another common theme with Nazis, isn't it? Yeah, we, very we discussed it the other week, when it was like their, their failures. Yeah. Generally, they just especially because he comes on to become a doctor. Air quotes. I use that <laughs> word very loosely. Yeah, well, I'm a doctor when I was a kid playing with worms in the garden. As, yeah. Everyone's if you, if you cut them in half, they become two different words, <laughs> and they still <laughs> just they still wiggle. <laughs> uh, he contracted a bone marrow disease at 15. And okay. kept him off school for six months. I'm pretty sure the same thing happened to Himmler, didn't it? I'm pretty sure he got ill and missed a lot of school. Yeah, they're all very sickly kids, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're always getting... Why are the, what is it with Nazis getting sick when they're young? And then a, a similar thing that happened with Himmler, he came back to school, showed immense self-discipline, and then surpassed his students, his fellow students. All right, so he is a smart guy. He's a smart guy when he applies himself. Right, And I okay. think him getting a bone marrow disease really gave him the 
kick up the arse that he needed. That sounds like parents' evening for me when I was a kid. Yeah, Ryan's a very smart kid. He just doesn't apply himself. Yeah, I get that. He's distraction <laughs> to himself. And yeah, if only Ryan wouldn't be distracted as much. Yeah, but it's entertainment, isn't it? <laughs> he was very popular as he grew up. He got through his shy phase. Uh-huh. Uh, he became very popular, uh, particularly with the ladies. Oh, right. Okay, was he a handsome man? He, uh, Mengele, as much as you don't like to admit it, he was a good-looking chap. Mm. And he knew it. He knew it. And he was um, very good with the ladies as well. Yeah. So he he made it through high school easy, and then he went to Munich University, where he studied philosophy and medical faculties. He wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Which that's an honorable, yeah, you know, bit of an honorable profession. So nothing wrong so far. He's got yeah. a good family relationship. He came back from adversity and wants to be a doctor. So it all sounds wonderful at the minute. A very handsome man. He always dressed immaculately. Mm. He was. He took a lot of pride in his appearance. It was said that later in his life, he his soon-to-be wife would find him just staring at himself in the mirror, admiring his own skin. <laughs> he would be complimenting his own skin. You're so handsome, man. You're such a <laughs> handsome man. Well, someone's got to compliment him, because I'm sure no one else fucking was. Uh, he was very respectable to women, and they adored him. He was like one of those guys at school and uni that you hated, because the women just flocked to him. Yeah. And you're just there like, what do I have that Yosef... What do I don't have that Josef Mengler does? So not only is he a handsome man, he's a very nice man to the ladies. He's a very nice man. He yeah. knows how to manipulate people. So while at uni, he got into political groups. It's mm-hmm. the standard Nazi bollocks. And he joined groups which led him to the Nazis who yeah. were rising up at that time. He found eugenics very interesting. Uh, eugenics essentially is genes. He wanted to try and create a master race and get rid of the weak and feeble he was very interested in how you do that how you would breed out specific traits mm. on a person isn't there um isn't there a thing in iceland where uh down syndrome is almost completely eradicated well, that's probably the wrong word to use but i don't think that i think there's like such a, a low percentage of down syndrome in iceland because how they have um they have a thing where you can scan for down syndrome genes or the disease uh, in fetuses what and then they'd abort it and they're... so yeah so a lot of a lot oh, of Icelandic no. parents um, have this scan and choose not to continue with the pregnancy um, because that's not something they want to have um, so yeah in terms of that like Down syndrome is like almost it's almost gone in Iceland you won't find many people who have it I mean that's an ethical minefield right there isn't it it is an ethical minefield but it's almost you're almost we're almost sort of blindfolded walking back into eugenics territory in that there's yeah. so many things that you can check for in your fetus that early, yeah. that early that you can absolutely choose to not have a child who has a particular trait yeah for sure so you you can design your own children crazy which is eugenics yeah so Mengler was on that path but he wanted to create like a master race essentially yeah super soldiers blonde hair blue eyed which he wasn't none of the Nazis were anyway but Captain America is. But Captain America... Never thought about that. <laughs> Captain, Captain America, America is the, the perfect area. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does well, have Hydra in the end. He does have Hydra. He does have Hydra. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> so, Mengele got his degree. He wanted to become a doctor. Did it. He spent four months as an intern at Leipzig University mm. before joining the staff of... Here we go. There's a lot of, a lot of letters in there. Dr. Ottmar Freyer von Verscher. Ottmar Frey von Versch von von 
von Versha. Versha. Ottmar Freier von, Ver- von Versha. Mm. Don't you speak a little German? I studied it at school. Ah, That's as far as whole goes. Very different. So, Many no. kids in the UK study French and they can't speak it. So yeah, uh, I can. If someone ca- spoke to me in German, I could probably understand a little bit, but okay. I wouldn't be able to say it back to them. All right then. I could get by maybe. So if I said like "Mein Name ist Ottmann von Freier," I think that's right. Is that right? Yeah. Ottmann. Ottmann von Freier von. I don't uh, know. Ottmar Freier von Versha. Ottmar Freier von Versha. I've probably butchered it. If you have any German listeners, hit me up. We apologise. Yeah. Uh, he studied under him at the Institute of Heredity. Hereditary? That's supposed to say hereditary. I made a massive typo there. <laughs> Biology and racial purity. Which is interesting that that's a faculty. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was a eugenics um, uh, sort of sway in, in the UK and America as well. Is there? Yeah, it was a massive thing in Europe. Oh. Big thing. It wasn't just secluded to Germany. This was a big thing at the time. Lots of science went into eugenics at that time. Interesting. Well, Mengele created thousands of files while he was there uh, in a study to see whether people were Jewish or not. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, didn't they used to like measure noses and stuff? Yeah. It's just so stereotypical. And this study would later be used during the Holocaust to round them up. Of course it was. All right. So he had already thrown his tuppence worth into the Holocaust before it even started. I'm an expert on the Jewish person. I know what I do. Uh, May 1937 joins the Nazis officially. He's got the fucking t-shirt. Yep. He's in. Yeah. 1938. <laughs> he's got the badge. He joins the SS. That's when he gets the badge. Oh, all right. He's got the badge. He's got the armband. Yeah, he's, he's got, got the, the fucking black skull and crossbones. Oh, dear. At no point. It's like that him, uh, the uh, Mitchell and Webblot sketch, isn't I was it? just going to bring it's like, that At what up. point do the fucking SS just look at their uniforms and go like, why have we got a skull? That's such, <laughs> that, a little aside. That is such a funny sketch. And he's like, Hans, are we, are we the bad guys? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> What about the skulls? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you probably are. Skulls give it away. Yeah, none of them clocked, unless they all were aware. I think the idea was that the SS soldiers were very, very indoctrined into the beliefs. Yeah. Like, if it was a cult, these guys are, you know, up there with following the main guy. I mean, they were hand-selected by Himmler as well. You have exactly. to be, like, exactly. a like, type you, of man. You don't have people that are kind of half-assed about it. Yeah, they're not part of the Wehrmacht. They're not part of the ge- generic German military. Yeah, these are guys them. are fanatics. They are Hitler's army, secret service, essentially. Yeah, yeah, these guys are the ISIS of Germany, yeah. I suppose, of, of the Nazis. Except they're allowed to do what they want. Exactly. Uh, around this time as well, he got engaged and later married to Irene Schönbein. I want to say Schönbein. Probably wrong again. I love German names. Yeah, Schönbein, and later had his only child, Rolf. But that was way down the line. All right, but that's his family history. I didn't really want to go into. He had a wife and a kid, mm. who he fucking didn't see that much. I was gonna say, did they know about his work? Yeah. Oh, they did. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. They're all complicit. So that's him. That's him, from birth to end of studies mm-hmm. and married, joined the SS. Uh, he went off to war. He got many medals for being a great soldier. He was. Originally in like a like a science unit where he was like a desk jobs and then they needed people to fight the Russians so like Mengele off you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pulled people from burning tanks, saved many people's lives. Wow. He, he was a war hero. Eventually he got injured to the point where he couldn't fight anymore. Oh right. So they put him back on his desk job, 
and then he arrived at Auschwitz on the 23rd of May, 1943. As a doctor. So two years before the end of the war. No. So the war had been going on for four years at this point. Yeah. By the time he arrived at Auschwitz. And I think it's a common misconception, but he is he was not the top doctor at Auschwitz. He no. was just a, a doctor. Do you know the other dude? Oh, probably. I could have looked it up, but unfortunately I didn't. Ah. But I don't think the other one really... He mattered, obviously, but Mengele was the... I wonder if, like, Mengele was very... I don't know, like... He's fighting on front lines. Yeah. Right? He's, he's, a, he's a soldier, of, you know, fighting for the fatherland, whatever. He gets injured, and then he's like, you can't fight anymore. Well, I want to do something for the fatherland. I want to do something. And they go, okay, look, uh, we're going to send you to... We're going to send you to a camp called Auschwitz, Birkenau, whatever. And he's like, okay, what did they do there? Do you think like he really knew the extent of what was going on there? Or when he got there, he was like, oh, what? You do this here? Is that fine? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, like, oh, okay. I think he was well aware. He, pro- he probably knew what he was getting into before he turned up. And I know this. Because on the very next day, so he arrived there on the 23rd of May. Right. On the 24th of May, he took part in his first selection. Oh, for Christ's sake. So he didn't waste any fucking time. So a selection, essentially, is him waiting for a train of new arrivals into the camp. Yep. And he would stand there, and it was his job to decide who was to live and who was to die. On day one, day one, he sent 1,035 gypsies to a gas chamber. Oh, for Christ's sake. Day fucking one. So that was a sign of things to come, wasn't it? Do you think it says on his CV, I'm I'm a keen employee? Yeah, it's enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm hardworking, enthusiastic. Great work ethic. <laughs> Just all the fucking buzzwords. <laughs> uh, keen to learn new things and try everything. Yeah, he was properly all kiss ass. Uh, he would show who was to die by a simple flick of his wrist. Wow, so, so much power in this, such a... This man had so much power in just a flick of his wrist. He would kill thousands Brilliant. I can just imagine him as well. Obviously, I know it's like audio, but I'll do it for Ryan. Just like, not even eye contact, kind of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mad. Oh, imagine if he like one day just broke his wrist. He'd have to use the other one. Or just like, use head. his head just... <laughs> He's just got this twitch going yeah. on. <laughs> Mingley, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending people left and right. Even though Auschwitz was a dirty place, obviously it was a dirty place, it's a horrendous camp with no, no hygiene whatsoever... Mengler always looked immaculate. So people would get off the train and they'd be met by this man who was just so clean mm. in such a dirty environment. He'd wear like white doctor's uniforms, like the white coat yeah. with black polished boots, really shiny. So obviously at that point you're like, well, this guy is obviously one of the top dogs here. Yeah. 80% of new arrivals were killed instantly. Wow. 80%. These were elderly and children under the age of 14. Christ. Mengler used to say, here the Jews enter through the doors and they leave through the chimney. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a horrendous awful. human being. Properly horrendous. There was, I know we we spoke about another podcast that we uh, we listened to and on the, one of the episodes they did about Mengler, they said that, I, th- I, I couldn't find this anywhere, but they said that they found that Mengler, they might be joking, that Mengler in uni like a Jewish person, like stole a girl off of him. Oh, uh, right, and he yeah. he was just livid forever. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't find anything, so whether that's true, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's in a book or something on him. Uh, but yeah, I know the I know the part you're talking about. Um, 
if that is true, then you know, it's mad these kind of people that hold such grudges. It's like the the like hit. I oh know Hitler had a lot more reason for him hating the Jews, but then there was another one apparently. Think Jewish Hitler, people beat him into art school. Think Hitler had any reason at all, did he? He was homeless and he saw oh, the Jews that's prospering. Right. That's right. I remember you said about that. So he literally just looked at them and just gone, oh, "I want what they've got." Essentially, yeah, it was just petty. Yeah, it's petty. All of it's petty. And the fact that they managed to dehumanize people to the point where a nation would follow that you know killing them is accepted. Yeah, you know? and it just—it's like it's like last week we spoke about um, Boudicca. Uh, slaughtering Romans. Yeah, she got 120,000 people to do that f- with her. In, in it's, it's almost in the same sort of vein in that, to them, Romans are not people. Yeah. They're fucking, they're, they're, they're scum that need to get wiped out. But in those don't care. barbaric days, it's kind of, it's not understandable, but it's kind of, you kind of understand why they went along with it because they weren't yeah. civilised, whereas yeah. this is 1940. But yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is the fact that, you know, they're dehumanised in the same manner. Yeah. In that, you know, they're not they're not humans to you and that's why it's that's why it's acceptable to kill those many people. Yeah. It, I, I, it's mad that you can dehumanise someone to the point of people wanting to kill... Anyway, we, we spoke a lot about the Holocaust. We won't go into specifics about how it was started. We've done that on the Himmler episode. So if you're interested and haven't listened... Himmler and Vitol Pilecki, both different sides of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Mengler had a fascination with twins. This is probably what he was most famous for. Yeah. He wanted to see if he could find a way so he could make it that Aryan couples would birth more twins. That's what essentially what he wanted to do. He wanted to work out, right, how are these people making twins? How do twins work? How can I make more twins? That is, that is you know, it's, it's method behind madness. Yeah. But he wanted to speed up the population growth of the master race. Yeah. So his interest in eugenics from his early age is following through he's still on that path Mm -hmm. and his reason his need to study twins is why he attended so many of the selection days because he did not trust anybody else to like pick them for him right he was like i need to pick them i you need otherwise you're going to do it wrong and you're going to kill them and i'll be really angry yeah so during his time he found 1500 pairs of twins wow 100 of those survived 100 pairs sorry so thousand one thousand five hundred were selected twins were selected one thousand five hundred pairs so that's three thousand people and one hundred pairs survived so that's two hundred people that's insane insane numbers what he did to their experiment like him what what he did to them during the experiments is again barbaric Mm. whilst for me this is one of the most evil things whilst the children were being kept alive for the experiments he would treat them incredibly well yeah, wasn't he Uncle Joseph? Yeah, Uncle Mengele. Uncle Mengele. He would be really kind and gentle and give them sweets. They'd be like, oh, Uncle Mengele. Oh. He built up such a trust with them. So then when he needed to experiment with them, they would let him. Yeah. And I, I couldn't get the actual quote, but it was something along the lines of, there's no point mistreating rats before they die. So if you have like lab rats, yeah. there's no point being a dick to them before you need them to die. Wow. So he, he just knew that they were lab rats. So it was just like, I'm going to treat them well. There was a story of, well, um, he used to hand select little Jewish boys, like like probably like four years old, mm. who looked kind of like him. And he'd walk them around camp. He'd dress them up in like a little doctor's uniform. And he'd walk them around. He'd give them toys in front of all the other children, give them toys, give them sweets. And this kid would be like, oh my God, like, I've made it. Yeah. In like a month, he'd get bored of that kid. And that kid would die. Wow. He would just put him in the gas chamber and then he'd find a new kid. What prick? Yeah, this this Yeah, I really don't get it. Like I know I keep going back to like Himmler and that. Oh. 
Himmler was evil, but he never did that. No, no. He orchestrated the Holocaust, but he didn't select individuals. I think that's what makes Mengele so evil. He selected individuals. He was in and amongst, in and amongst it all. Yeah. And was thriving in it and getting off on it. He fucking loved it. He so some of his experiments upon the twins, and it wasn't just twins as well. It was like dwarfs and anyone with like abdoma- abnormalities that was he an interest. To, yeah, he, yeah, he was interested in humans. He would remove organs. He would inject dye into their eyes to oh, see if he could turn geez. eyes blue. Wow. Obviously, that would end up with them being Blind. blinded. Yeah. He'd castrate boys and sterilize girls. Why? Who <laughs> fucking knows? Chasing gigs. Yeah. As soon as one twi- twin died, the other would be immediately killed. In order to compare the data of the autopsies. Oh my lord! So, I think uh, I'm not sure how true this one is as well, but I think he would like try to distinguish whether twins had that telepathic. You know, it's like that whole oh, can twin you bond. feel that that their pain or this sort of yeah. stuff. I think he did try and do that and all, like in pain on the other to see if the other one. Would because notice. there is no fucking like scientific evidence of what he was doing. There's n- there's no there's s- nothing back in it. Really. No, there's nothing here. He's no. just what's that unit? Is it unit 71, unit 61 the Japanese did? Uh, yes. Uh, Where it's literally like, hold this grenade, I want to see what happens. Yeah. That's essentially what Mengler's doing. He's yeah. like, I want to see what happens. Yeah, 731. That's the one. Unit 731. Uh, we may we may talk about that another episode. That would be a really interesting episode. Um, but that will be a big episode, so yeah. that might that may be somewhere in the future. But yeah. Um, twins, there's a lot of myth about it. Um, my sister's I have two younger sisters who are twins, mm. and uh, from like the moment your twins are born, there's a organisation called TEDS, yeah, and uh, they're all about uh, research into twins yeah. and twin development. So it's, in a weird way, it's kind of not gone anywhere. Like you know, it's, it's got, there's still like a fascination with twins because some some twins do say they have a bond, don't they? Like yeah. if one's in trouble, the other like one will know. Twins obviously come from the same womb and they grow together, and generally they're they're put together and yeah. generally they've become best friends or worst enemies kind yeah. of thing that they, they spend all their lives together pretty much yeah um but yeah we used to go to like london uh every year yeah and they would do tests on my sisters like uh co- cognitive tests being like what oh can you do this can you do that and draw in this and da, 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 da. loads of different, different i didn't tests. know this took place yeah it's, uh, you can look it up it's ted's twins research thing uh and also coincidentally, you know, my girlfriend is also an identical twin yeah so twins are very much part of my <laughs> life. There's <laughs> quite a few of them. I honestly didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. You can drop out. Like, you don't have to do it. It's yeah, voluntary. Yeah, it's not, not like this. But there is... Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely not <laughs> it. But yeah, there is, um, there is a research uh, firm for twins still today running. I didn't know that. Wow. There's always been a fascination with twins. Yeah, it's... There's the one for triplets as well. Oh, good, yeah. Probably. Where was I? So yeah, he would kill a lot of twins essentially. Um, we're we're into like, I don't want to like trigger warnings. I don't know if you need them, but these yeah. next few bits are pretty horrendous. We spoke about some pretty grim, it dark gets, stuff gets worse. in the past. The way so lived. yeah, you kind of got Alfred an idea. Was fucking horrible. So. Yeah, you kind of got an idea as sort of you know we're not too shy on hiding real stuff that's happened. Um, you know the point is that this is called that's what people do, and we won't. We won't hide things. Because people do horrendous things. People do do horrendous things as well as good stuff. So, yeah, yeah be warned. So, Mengele would... Uh, when pregnant women arrived into Auschwitz, 
nine times out of ten they'd be killed they'd be sent to the gas chamber and killed mm. however if they were like full term about to give birth Mengler would birth the child himself he'd be like okay come with me we'll we'll give birth this child um and then as soon as that happened he'd send the mother and the child to the gas chamber however one of his favorite things to do was to after this child was born give it to the mother and then tape up the mother's breasts okay. so then the mother couldn't feed the child right and then he'd just be like go on then so then the mother had to watch the newborn starve oh, fuck. and he would do this isn't even science now it's not even science this is just him wanting a, to play games being an absolute prick um this has been said to be his worst thing i completely agree this is the worst thing he ever did this this is horrendous he ordered a pit to be dug and then in that pit he ordered a massive fire so there was this massive pit with a massive fire in it he then ordered 300 children to be thrown alive into this flaming pit the oldest child was five years old oh my god three hundred all in one go the oldest one was five years old for what purpose? You can't, you can't, you can't justify or you know a- anything that he does. But there's not even fucking science to try no. and back this shit up. This is just his little sadistic he's being, games. He's just getting off on it. I guarantee he had a fucking biggest boner in his pants at the same time. I like, tell you now, I reckon he did get off on this shit. That's yeah, why he sure. does it. That's why he keeps doing bigger and badder things. This is an interesting point about that. Most Nazis had to be on like drugs or intoxicated to be able to carry out. Well, I think we discussed it with Himmler. Like, eventually, you kill so many civilians, you have That's to right. have something else to That's stimulate right. you. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we spoke about that briefly. Uh, the Einsatzgruppen, because which were the Nazi death squads. Because human like, beings can't... We're not conditioned yeah, to kill not, human not, beings on not, the scale. No, not at all, not at all. We are, by in- inherent nature, survival animals. Like, yeah. we, don't, we don't want to hurt yourselves and that. Um, Mengler was never intoxicated. So he was teetotal. He didn't do drugs, didn't drink. So he's just, doing all of it sober. He enjoyed it. He just enjoyed it. That's why he went to so many selection days as well. He just, he enjoyed it. I don't get it. Uh, but, uh, that's the thing. So he didn't even see him as human at the end of the day. Like he had no compassion. No. As a boy who had a fairly standard upbringing, wanted to be a doctor. Like there was so much hate in Germany at that time. Mm. And people just got really bought into it. But Mengelen more than most. Um, occasionally, he would do be on a selection day and there'd be an attractive Jewish girl put in front of him, mm-hmm. as would happen if you come across that many people. He would then select them for experimentation and then deform them to the point that they weren't recognisable and then he'd just leave them to die. Oh my God, fucking hell. Just because I think maybe he was ashamed that he was attracted to a Jewish person. His wife, his fucking wife, Irene, after, like the war and all this came out about him it, people questioned her and was like why didn't you do anything and she was like oh I didn't know I didn't know what was going on she went and fucking visited him for two weeks mm. she went and stayed with him in Auschwitz for two weeks on that's like a fucking holiday yeah how can you stay in Auschwitz for two weeks and have no fucking clue what he was doing he would have 100% shown her the experiments and she stayed with him after this she she was like okay cool they they did divorce at one point we'll get onto that in part two Brilliant. they did divorce but not because of the Holocaust brilliant there's a reason why they divorced and it had nothing to do with his work uh, this uh, I just 
I really, really struggle when it comes to this in that I just don't, I can't, I can't, me personally, I can't understand it in any way, shape or form. I don't get, I don't get I, why I any most... of this is, you know, good to you or why any of this is of interest to, you know, someone who would do that. Like, and then, and then, and then almost, almost worse are those that allow it to happen. Like yeah. the wife, like people that even are when blind. you find out that that's what your husband did, yeah, you still think that it's okay to stay with that person. Yeah, I don't get that. It's a lot of civilians knew what was happening as well and just turned a blind eye. Yeah, the lot a lot of people knew what was going on at Auschwitz and did nothing. But it does get to the point where if you're a civilian, what can you do? Yeah, can I mean, you if you speak up, you'll be killed. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's an element of that. But um, then, but then the SS officers are there by choice. SS officers are there by choice, yes. Um, and that's where I don't believe her when she says she had no idea. She definitely fucking knew. Oh, and she definitely she did knew. not give a shit because, I mean, when you find out your husband's been doing that and you don't, you don't leave them, it means you condone what they did, which means you're yeah. absolutely fine with what they did. Yeah. It just... It's, um... Who was the commandant? Was it Rudolf Hess? Was he the commandant? No, uh, Rudolf Hess was uh, one of Hitler's top men. He was in Scotland at the time. Uh, you was may be thinking of... Eichmann? Maybe. I'm going to have to quickly Google this. Yeah. Yeah, we want to get that right. I don't know how to spell commandant. Rudolf Hess, I believe, um, if I'm correct, was Hitler's number two. And uh, during the Second World War, very early in the I think it was the early doors. Uh, Rudolf Hess, commandant of Auschwitz. Was he really? Yep. Who am I thinking? Thought of? so. Uh, Rudolf Hess, like he lived on Auschwitz. His house is still there today, still standing. Can I see a picture? Uh, yeah. Yeah, would you like to show me that? He is still. His house is still standing. It's surrounded by like a white. It's a really nice house. Yeah. Uh, it's surrounded by like a fence. There'd be uh, Jewish slaves that would like come in and like work it. And his children would make friends with them. And he would say to his children, "Oh, don't make friends with them too long because they'll be gone tomorrow." Is it called an umlaut? Those two dots over the O. I think so. Yeah. Is it is it Hess then? Or something. I've only ever heard it pronounced as Hess, but it might be like Haas. Rudolf Haas, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that point, but yeah, and... Uh, so there is a Rudolf Hess, and the Rudolf Hess I'm thinking of is this guy. Uh, Rudolf Hess was Hitler's number two. He, he flew to Scotland uh, to try and broker a peace treaty between Germany right, and okay. uh, the Allies, the so UK. two people. Yeah, uh, so Rudolf, the, Rudolf Hess that I'm talking about is spelled uh, R-U-D-O-L-F-H-E-S-S. And mine is H-O with an umlaut, S-S. Yeah. So mine's probably a lot of hearts, maybe. But then, well, that's what I was talking about, people turning a blind eye. He had his entire family living with him on Auschwitz, his children, his wife. Yeah. And the house, like, is literally... Because I, I can see it, because I've been... You can see the house, there's a path, and then there's one of the, like, blocks. Wow. It's just... It's next to it. It's literally next to it. And the children would, like, play in Auschwitz. And the children, you can kind of... They're brought up in that environment, so you can you can't understand, but you yeah. can give them the benefit of the they're doubt. They're taught. They're taught that his wife would 
obviously need to be held accountable, but then his wife wouldn't be held accountable because only these specific SS officers were. This Rudolf Hess was hung in front of his house. They brought him back to Auschwitz after the war. And the gallows where he was hung are still standing. You can go and see them. Oh, good. Yeah. So he was hung in front of his house. Anyway, I digress. Back to Mr. Mengele. Back to good old Mengele. Another fucked up thing he did, because why not if we're listing them. A block of prisoners, women prisoners, became infected with lice. So Mengele decided that to get rid of the lice, he would have all 750 women killed. Fuck's sake. It's just there's no words like there's no words when t- when when you're being told like for, for you guys listening as well like how what do you think like when when James is telling you these these facts about what happens to these people like what can you say except for oh my god like what the fuck like there is nothing else to say like you, you can't there's no Oh, even now I'm struggling I'm it's, struggling it's this horrendous. is a podcast our thing is uh, this is our job like we talk that's, <laughs> a, that's what we do and I can't there's yeah. nothing to say but there's there's a point where you're talking about the holocaust and you're like this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened whereas with Mengele this is a case of this is what this man did mm. everything I've listed off is what this one man did sober mm. sober I think that's a big point to remember yeah absolutely he was a fucking horrible horrible man so, in 1945, obviously the war was coming to an end. Mm. Uh, Mengele got wind of this. He knew that the Russians were going to uh, pass through, so he had lots of his journals destroyed. He had all the work like destroyed, etc. He sent some off to his um, old teacher, mm-hmm. the name Dr. Von... Name I could bear, Otmar Freyer von Verscher. Mm-hmm. So, he sent him a lot of paperwork, being like, oh, look at the experiments I've been doing. When they weren't fucking experiments, he was just torturing people because he's just a sadist. Yeah. And he escaped Auschwitz. He didn't. He ran away from Auschwitz. He yeah. went to another concentration camp, but knew that the Russians were still coming through. So this is where we get onto part two. Mengele was running. He knew that he was going to be executed if they caught him. So Mengele is now on the run from the Russians and from the Allies. And this is where we're going to leave this part. I'm sure we'll discuss more in All a right. sec. But this is where we are going to leave this part for now. So tune in next week where we are going to discuss... Mengele on the run and you'd like to think that it would be a case of he was caught killed and that's the end of it unfortunately that's not what happened mm. there, there's a there's a whole other story that happened with Mengele after the war and it's it's an interesting one it's very interesting okay so yeah that was a that was a tough one that was half an hour of 35 minutes of just listing horrendous things that a man has done okay now it's uh, the, the, the fact is you know he knows what he's doing is bad you yeah. know he does know that because he burns the, all of yeah, his fucking evidence. paperwork yeah. all the runs. evidence showing the stuff he does yeah. he's getting rid of it because yeah. he knows people think this is fucking bad yeah, he no. knows it's bad and there's no scientific backing for any of it he's got no scientific backing for doing half of this stuff he's just he's literally torturing people for absolutely no reason because he's a sadist. I think that's it. You just sadists thrive in this environment. Yeah, they do. Like you know, in a world full of extremes, extreme things happen, mm. and that's exactly what's happened in this era. You know, it's an extreme time. War is happening. It, things just seem to fly under the radar. Things that might not normally have ever happened start to happen. It's it's, it's a crazy time. It really is. Um, there's a there's a book called Auschwitz: A Doctor's Eyewitness Account. Uh, that was, I think it's by a man called Miklos 
Nils, oh, I can't say it. N- N-Y-I-S-Z-L-I. Nisli. He was a doctor who was a, a Jewish doctor who was brought in and then Mengler found out that he was a doctor and Mengler would often use Jewish doctors to do the dirty work oh, that he I've, didn't want to I've do. I've heard of this guy. Yeah, he um he needed like assistance or something. Yeah, so th- this um, man was forced yeah. to do things. He'd, he'd have a group round up and he'd say, is anyone here a doctor? Yeah. And then, well, I'm a do- I'm, I was But they'd, a they'd have to prove it. Mengler would be like, yeah. okay, prove it. Yeah, and uh, then he'd make them like dissect someone he, or something. He would get a body that had been like burnt or electrocuted and he wouldn't tell them which and he'd give them like a knife and be like, tell me how this person died. Yeah. And yeah. then he'd, this guy would have to dissect, I think it's all in the book, he'd have to dissect this body with Mengler looking over his shoulder mm. cons- constantly asking him questions. Mm. Yeah, because you imagine it. Imagine the amount of people that may have just tried it. Yeah. Said, is anyone here a doctor? Oh, fucking hell, if that gives me any special... Do- yeah, I am. I'm a doctor. All right, come in then. But, but this book, Auschwitz, A Doctor's Armament's Account, is where most of the stories about Mengler come from. Because I think... He without, worked with him for a little while. I think without this book and without the survivors' accounts, there wouldn't have been anything because the records were destroyed. Mm. Whereas this man and some of the survivors have been like, this is what happened, this is what he did. So this book was originally published in 1946. Wow, so, so he, it's he, very fresh. He wrote it straight after he yeah, got out. I've good. never read it, but I feel like that would be a fascinating read. Definitely give that a go. So I think we will leave that there. That is part one. All right, yeah, yeah. Join us next week for part two, where James will be telling us about uh, how Mengele managed to escape Europe, Yeah. which mm-hmm. is swarming with now allied soldiers. He went on the run. And he, he really went on the run. He fucking... Ran. Yeah, I won't get into many details. Tune in next week for the interesting story of Mengler running away. So, thanks for joining us on this pretty morbid episode. Join us next week for an even more morbid episode. Yeah, it's, it won't be as graphic. Oh, okay. It'll just be kind of disappointing. All right, then, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, remember, do just hit us up on all those social media elements. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, that's what people do. Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. That's what people do. Find us on Twitter at that's WPD, or you can just drop us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com, and uh, we do reply to we everyone do. who messages us because I'm glad not Ryan's that here. many people do. So Ryan, Ryan knows the handles, and I don't, so I'm glad he's here. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. We shall see you next week. Ciao, bye.